Abhi Yahweh. Again, you bless me, grace me with this breath for this day, this opportunity to be in your word, to share your word, your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom, not mine, Father, but whatever I share and I have comes from you. And you give me the opportunity to do so. Father, I pray now over those that are in this plane of existence. Sometimes I see that their way is lost. They become so, so elevated in amongst themselves that they forget where they came from. Father, that you would give them a gentle reminding and keep on with the word and the truth, Father. So I share that because in one of my readings this morning, and then we'll kind of go on, but um, that's important because what, what happens sometimes is that our human nature tends to become overwhelming at times. And the important thing is that the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> pardon me, is what needs to be overwhelming. Um, and sometimes a well-intended teacher or mentor or pastor will be sharing and doing a really great job and and then they become um, some become self-absorbed and then they declare themselves to be something that they are not but then others they become so big that they get a lot of help and the help is where the problem comes in is that the help is not doing exactly what they should be doing or how they should be doing it but it's close enough that it gets missed um, in one of my readings this morning I was going through some material from one of my mentors and uh, I know that that uh, I don't think I'd rather not think this way because and I don't believe it to be so because the Holy Spirit has already told me that the man speaks truth and he is a truthful man um, and that it's a good thing. So what I am leaning toward and the reason I'm leaning this way is because I believe uh, that, <laughs> pardon me, and some of the material that he puts out and sends out, you know, he's got to help help. He's got to have help. He doesn't just do it all himself. So... I'm going to put the responsibility for that over there. And um, ultimately, though, the responsibility does come back to him and should be. But I was reading something, and the way that it was put in the material, and it's good that I <laughs> that the Holy Spirit takes me into this because when I go back to the, the Bible that 
it's it's been completely changed. I mean, completely, utterly changed and altered from what the Bible says. And the wording is putting everything on man, but the scripture is not doing that. It's actually a testament to Jesus and foreshadowing of his coming. Um, I'm speaking of Psalms 8, and David is praising God and talking about God, and there's one of my, comes to mind, you know, I do this often, so don't get all twisted up about it. Um, but I actually love the song, and I went to view the lyrics, and it's actually, it's, it's amazing, the lyrics set. And um, I want to make sure I give you right information, so just bear with me just a second, please. So it's a song by Hillsong. And it talks about the God of creation and how he speaks a hundred billion galaxies are born in the vapor of your breath, the planets form. If the stars are made to worship, so will I. And I can see your heart and everything you made, every burning star, a single fire of grace, a signal fire of grace in creation sings your praises so will I. Now I bring them up because Psalm 8 is speaking or referencing to that. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man, that thou visited him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor. Wow. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands and thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. So, I think it's a translation change that, that makes things a little different. And that's okay, because it is an important thing to understand that God gave us all that. He gave us that dominion, and it does, in fact, give us a pretty high authority. But look what we've done with that authority. Look how we have shamed that authority that we have been given. We have been given that by the Lord God, the creator of all things created. 
And that was given to us because of his love for us, his caring for us, his compassion for us, and his kindness for us. He blessed us with these things. And brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something right now. Get this, hold on to it, remember it, don't forget it because this is truth and this holds power. And it is absolute truth. If God was not a loving and merciful God, do you think that you would be in existence right now? I'm going to tell you that right now that you would not be. And that would include me. Because God would have already lost his patience. However, because of his love and the power of his love, that he has not done so. Instead, became flesh, manifested on this plane of existence in the form of Jesus Christ and died on the cross, hung on the cross, beaten before going to the cross, nearly to death and then dying on the cross and then looking down at those who were responsible for pulling him to that direction on this on this plane it was part of the plan but they they become so agitated and so upset that he was taking their authority from them that they so elevated themselves to this is what i was saying earlier brothers and sisters be careful of individuals and just try their spirit that the Holy Spirit guide you, will tell you. But these individuals didn't do any of that. Instead, what they did is they degraded, berated, belittled, shamed Jesus, beat him nearly to death, or had him beat nearly to death because they didn't want to accept his authority, which he indeed did have, does have, will have, always has. But they, as the theological wizards tend to do in these days, will, that they know better. But take a look around you. See these things. I was looking up something this morning, studying, and I heard and came across this. And I'm curious for you out there have I'm just wondering <clears throat> pardon me have any of you out there heard the word effervescent Uh, I was going through the dictionary, and <clears throat> I know what it means. I, I, I'd heard the term quite some time ago, and now, though, these smarter than everybody else have decided that the word effervescence has no place in the dictionary. And I can remember that it was actually in the, uh, in the dictionary, and it used to be used quite a bit, actually. And I got to thinking about it because 
effervous is the act of uh, bubbling. Uh, artesian wells will do it. And you have, sometimes you have springs that will do it. And it's a bubbling up of the waters and the roiling of the waters. Um, on this plane of existence, it's usually caused by gaseous emanations. But I got to thinking about it because when you practice the presence of God, the Holy Spirit should, doesn't, I know it doesn't me, bubbles up and gets all excited and my insides start to roil as if the if it's bubbling and sometimes you can tell that I'm getting really excited about stuff and then sometimes I <laughs> God will just come and he puts his arms around me and I can feel him here I can feel his presence And then the Holy Spirit just comes up inside and bubbles. And then sometimes I'm so happy and so elated and so much love that I feel from God that it just bubbles out of my eyes. Can't be helped. I don't want it to be helped. If I cry, I cry. And that doesn't matter to me. I don't care where I'm at. I cry at church sometimes. <clears throat> I don't care. And why do you think I say that oft times you hear me say that phrase? And it's it's not a it's not um, degrading or intended for that. I just don't care about the valuation of man or mammon. Because the valuation that my Lord presents me and his validation for what I do and how I act and what I say is to his glory and his, because of him, that's what matters to me. What people around me think or say of my actions, <clears throat> I don't care. I've already shared. I've had somebody point out to my linguistic capabilities that I will continue to practice and not quench and some people have actually come up and and because there's uh, certain postures that I parlay in in church sometimes it's on my knees and I have been known to lay down and uh, it depends on what the spirit's doing and that's not going to change. And it shouldn't change. <clears throat> I have noticed and seen. I don't know. I haven't seen her there actually. So I'm going to have to look for her. But there is a lady. And I, I call it the Jericho March. Um, gets so filled with the spirit. That she does the Jericho March. She'll walk all the way around the congregation. She's in prayer. And that's a good thing. And we should be doing. And we ought to do. And it's a worship to God. And there are individuals that are going to make a scene. And they're going to get all sorts of bent out of shape. 
And then I have to say and bring up again, which I have, is who do you think you are and where does you think your authority comes from? Because you're pulling it out of your hip pocket. I'll tell you that right now. If you think that your authority and you have the right to tell someone how to worship the Lord God Almighty, the creator of all things made, and you have that authority, you better repent for that because you don't have that authority. That authority has not been given to you because you are trying to quench the spirit. You are trying to tell people how to worship God and that is not your place. So don't be doing that. You don't have that authority. None of us have that authority. <clears throat> Pardon me. None of us have been given that authority. And I share that because God has not stopped pouring out his blessings in that way. And he will pour them out in many, many ways. I shared that song with you uh, the other day. I believe I did. Uh, the young woman... Um, I believe it was Tasha Layton. I like her singing. Her and Lauren Daigle. Carrie Job, I love the blessing. <clears throat> that but their voices are very powerful, very poignant. But um, Tasha Layton sings a song. It's called The Sound of Heaven. Oh my goodness gracious. So this comes and she's not speaking directly to it because she didn't cite that. But her declaration is to come and have your way. What do you think that they were doing when they were in the upper chambers in Acts 2. When the Holy Spirit, the sound of the rushing mighty wind came in and pushed open the doors and the windows and filled the place. It sounded like a rushing mighty wind. The breath of God coming down from heaven, coming straight from the throne of God because it was his spirit that was coming. And she's singing about this. Invade this place and come and have your way. And it tells us that several things are going to happen. And I've tried to share this with you before the best that I could. Is that when Jesus is talking about in the last day, certain things are going to happen. And they're not going to be in a certain chronological order. Especially not that man has anything to do with. And there are those, and some of them, sadly, are what we will call, what I call, the theological wizards. And they have decided that certain things are going to happen in a chronological order because they have found secret passages in the Bible that nobody else has been able to find or found to be, and that scriptures are coded, and that there's certain numbers that make them a code, so they have found these things. And all I got to say is, ha, yeah, okie dokie. You go ahead and keep pumping yourself up that way because 
it doesn't work that way. I've shared before with you that God has a certain ordinance of events the way they happen with him and his way. And if he decides to change anything midstream, then that kind of blows their little theory right out of the river. And they're going to fall out of the saddle and they're going to get pretty wet and they're going to be embarrassed and such because it didn't work out the way they said it was going to work out because they exceeded their authority. Which happens most of the time anyway. Because they're putting themselves in, themselves in the center of things instead of God. And I've shared it with you and I'll remind you that Things are in God's ordinance, in his way, in his planning, and not in that of man or mammon. So these self-proclaimed theological wizards, as I have termed them, they vaunt themselves to a much higher plane of existence than they actually deserve. And they get people to believe that they're so smart and they know things. And the reality is they don't know much more than anyone else. And sadly, in many cases, they're not even following the scripture. They have read something and then they take it completely out of context. And the Holy Spirit put a screecher on me this morning in my sharing with you all because I was getting ready to go in that direction. I had read something and then it's he took me right in. And as I'm sharing with you, he's pointing out the context I almost left the context and it's very, very important. You have to, have to, have to keep everything in context. It's like that pervert in John 3.16 has changed the whole thing and he's taken it completely out of the context and says that he needs to rewrite it and we need to reteach it. Well, what do you need to reteach? You need to teach everyone that the love of God is not applicable and that God's love doesn't mean anything. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's actual fact. It's truth. It's knowledge and wisdom if you apply it. But you stopped at knowledge and you didn't become wise. You became foolish. Because you have vaunted yourself to be someplace that you don't have the authority to be. And you took it out of context. So you teach out of context, which then makes what you teach a lie. And that makes you a liar. And that makes you a teacher of false doctrine. So, be cautious, be careful. Try the Spirit. John tells us to try the Spirit in all things. The Holy Spirit will guide you, teach you, and show you, and open your eyes and open your ears. It's very important that you do that. It's vitally important, especially... In these last days. And yes, brothers and sisters, we are in the last days. And then there's going to be those who are saying, Oh, we're a world, we're going to end the world. Oh, don't get um, don't, don't get there. And as a true believer, if you are a true believer and a true Christian, then you should know that this is a beneficial thing. And know that a cleansing is going to come and that all things will be made new by the Lord God Almighty who created all things. What is wrong with that? You get people that won't read Revelation and back into prophecies and there are certain scriptures even in, in the gospel, the good news 
of the Bible that talks about Jesus and things that are going on, they don't want to read them because it talks about, oh, the doom and gloom of it all. My home is going to be what? You, this is not your home, first of all. Get your thought process readjusted. Billy Graham said it. I love his quote. He said it a long time ago. This is not my home. I'm merely passing through. This is not my home. I'm here on a work visa. I'm doing my father's business. I'm doing what my father, my Lord, my God has intended for me to do. And that blank contract that I signed with him, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking care of business. I'm doing what he asked me to do. And that share the gospel, the good news, because that's what the word gospel means, good news. So you have those individuals that call themselves Theological, I call them the theological wizards who have decided to separate the Bible and the translations. You have the the Old Testament, then you have the New Testament, and then you have what they call the Gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's where they say the New Testament is. Well, that that's it is the Gospel of Jesus Christ coming and being crucified for us. That is good news. But the word gospel comes from the Latin, and it means good news. That's all the word means. Good news. It's nothing anything more special than that but so my point to that is is this book our guidebook our roadmap our instruction manual is not the entire book gospel of lord god almighty i believe it to be so it is his good news informing us that all things are possible through him and his strength and all things are possible through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Paul writes that. Paul reminds us that study to show ourselves approved. Approved of what? Approved of who? Well, there's several point and directions. Study to show ourselves approved. First of all, that God, we're in your word. We're studying your word. And then a, approval of yourself. Because do we not spend so much time in self-degradation and self And this is exactly where the devil wants us to be. He wants us to be degrading ourselves. He wants us to second guess ourselves. He wants us to look at what we have done and how we are doing. And he always wants us to be thinking that we're less than what we are. Here we go. Pull the seatbelt tight and pull that overhead safety bar down and hang on. That we are children of the Lord God Almighty, the maker of all things made of all creation, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega, the author, the finisher, and there is none higher. And his only begotten son, the Lord King Jesus, who shall every knee bow when he returns as he promised to do, and every tongue confess. Now, I'm going to be kneeling because my compulsion is that of the Holy Spirit, and I know who he is and what he is. And it isn't because of shame, and there are going to be those who are going to be compelled in a different way, and they're going to have to bow down, and then their question to one another is, why didn't we listen? Yeah, why didn't you? You had the opportunity and people were trying to tell you, but just like the pharisaical tyrants, they decided they didn't want to hear it because that is not authority that they are. They're the authority. They read the scriptures. They know the word. And just like Jesus used to tell them, you have read 
the words of the prophets and yet you choose to ignore them. You decide that your authority and wisdom is higher. And many of the tenets that they had, the people following and doing and, and all, were rules that they had verbalized, that they weren't in writing, they weren't legitimate, and they weren't in the Bible. But they, in their tyranny, they had made people think that they were. They had made people believe that they were calling the shots. And the Holy Spirit just hadn't put the brakes in here and we're in 1 John. <laughs> I like how the Holy Spirit does things. Love it. And there's a couple things that I need to need to share with you. The Holy Spirit just took me right here. So in First John chapter five, <clears throat> wow. Actually, I'm going to start at verse 1, right at the top. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat, <clears throat> loveth him also that is begotten of him. What does that mean? What that means is that we are children of God. If you accept you believe, you have faith, and you are a child of God. You are adopted, <clears throat> re-adopted <clears throat> into the family or adopted, re-entering into the family, however you want to put that. <clears throat> Pardon me. Oh, the devil really wants me agitated. <clears throat> but <clears throat> the important thing is that we've kind of come down here on this plane of existence, lost our way, and chosen other directions to go. But we reaffirm, we repent, and we are adopted. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, which makes us his children and makes us ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. And as ambassadors, we need to be doing and making sure we do the right thing. By this we know we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous, burdensome, troublesome. They're really not. When we decide that there's so much trouble is because we in our mindset have put that there. And the devil wants us to think that. Oh, I can't go out and testify today. No, I got so many things going on. I got so much stuff to do and I got things to do around the house like sit in my recliner and throw my feet up and sit back and throw a suds back or sit and sip of my soda or my sweet tea while I'm watching such and such. So I can't go out and testify. I can't go out and share the word of God. I can't go do that. That's too much trouble, too much problem. God wants me to do too much. It gets in the way of my things. Yeah, right, okay. So we'll see how that works out for you. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he 
that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Remember what Jesus shared with the woman at the well. You won't have to go to that special synagogue that the Pharisees and the elders and everybody else says you have to go to in, in order to, to be a real believer. To be, You have to go to that temple. You have to go to the temple in Jerusalem. But you can't go to the temple in Jerusalem because you're a Samaritan. Who incidentally, as I shared with you before, is a relationship to the nation of Israel. They're related. The well was dug by Jacob, their great, 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 great grandfather, I believe is what she shared or what they were talking about. But that well was born, was dug by Jacob. Remember the name Jacob? Jacob's name was changed to Israel. He was the seed of the nation. His seed had multiplied, multiplied, multiplied. God told Abraham that that would happen. And Jacob is one of his offspring. Jacob dug the well. The Samaritan woman was drawing from the well that her ancestor had dug. But yet, the Jews decided that they want to stay mad at the Samaritans for something that they had trespassed on earlier and they won't let him forget it because they want to keep reminding them of it and this is what Jesus came to remind us of and tell us about and share with us is you can't live in the past that way because the devil wants you to be bound that way he wants you bound with things in the past and you have people say well you know oh look what you just did that reminds me of 20 years ago you did that 20 years ago you haven't changed and you'll never change la da 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 have I heard that before? Yes, I have. Well, that's unfortunate. But I pray for that person. I pray for those people. I pray for them because they're bound up by the devil and they're holding on to the things of the past. And this is what the devil loves to get us to do. He wants us to get out into the sea of forgetfulness, dive down and pick up those trunks, drag them back, put them up in the attic, our minds, our memories, and throw them in there, and that's where the minions come in, and the serpents slither up the stairs, and the scorpions slither, slither up there, and then poof, they turn into those little goblins and geeks that run around the attic, and they kick those trunks over and out and spill all that garbage out into our mindset, and then the devil has us start remembering those things, be bound by those things, and then the dust in the attic gets all kicked up, and then our eyes start to water and get all blinky-blinky, and you can't see clearly now. Oh, kind of reminds me of that song. I can see clearly now that the rain is gone, that the dust is gone because the spirit has cleared that way. That's not how the song goes. I'm rearranging that. Hopefully those, uh, I know that there's a uh, copyright, but I didn't, I didn't say the title of the song. Some of you might remember it. <clears throat> But that's exactly right. I can see clearly now because the spirit has knocked that clouds away. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. I need to worship God, praise God, thank God, and know God 
That's the thing. We need to get to know God. Know God, not know about him, not have heard about him, not go by hearsay, but go by truth, knowledge, and wisdom, which I try to share with you the best that I can. I am not as good as uh, some of these theological wizards profess to be, but know this, that I will only share truth. And that truth comes from the word of God and the truth comes from God. And remember here, we're going to go back and we're going to sit in 1 John 5 and 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. that if we ask anything according to him, that he heareth us. And we know, this is important that Paul writes these things. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. What we ask of God, if it's in his righteousness, in his truth, and we are bold in it, but we're confident we have faith in it, <clears throat> it will take place. <clears throat> Pardon me. There's another young contemporary artist. I believe uh, I've shared him with you too. I, I, I like him because... They're very scriptural with what their words and screens and their songs are about. And I've shared with you the uh, lyrics. And I believe this young man, his name is, I'm going to find it here in just a second. Sorry, yeah, I'm scrolling through. Ah, here we are. His name is Benjamin Hastings. <clears throat> and he sings a song. It's called, that's the thing about praise, or that's the thing about praise. And as I just shared with you here, that it's not always going to be according to what we desire, that God makes a decision. But here's the thing that he promises, as long as it's righteous in request and it's in his righteousness and not just something, you know, yeah, well, you know, God, you told me I could have all this stuff and I'd really like this mansion and this kind of car and have that much money in my account. And then it doesn't happen. Well, first of all, what you've asked is absolutely ridiculous and it's not in righteousness and has nothing to do with the spirit you've asked for selfish reasons and then you don't get it so then you complain and then you look and say that it's non-existent but here's the thing this young man sings this when the rain you want is a flood instead so you look outside and say father man we certainly need rain so then, as happens sometimes around where I live, sometimes that rain comes down and it's a pretty heavy rain. Then there are individuals that are going to gripe and complain about it because it came down too hard. came down too much, God. That's not what I asked you for. Well, it's not all about you. There's a lot of other people that are involved. Maybe there's more rain than needed to be. You don't know. You're not in that seat 
of authority to where you can overlook and just make decisions for everyone else. So cut it out. <coughs> Roses come up and they bloom, but they're not quite as red as you wanted them to be. And when you come to the edge of being brave and as you're as he declares, I'll still be singing to the banks of an unparted sea. Sometimes the only way through all of those debacles, those things that are taking place that are not exactly to our liking. The only way through is a hallelujah. Okay, here's the interesting thing. Let's take a look. We're going to break this down. This is Hebrew. Hebrew Hebrew, and Greek are interesting. Well, we actually do it in English as well. But you have to kind of, sometimes the words are combination words or combination forms, and they're formative. And also, depending on the context. So this is where translators will sometimes have a hard time. The way to translate is you have to make sure you understand the context of what's being used and then you translate. Because oft times, and we have a few words like that in the English language, they have multiple meanings, depending on how you're utilizing it in a phrase, then you're gonna know what the person's talking about. But these other languages, they have four or five different words that are translated to the same thing but depending on the context then you'll understand the application and you'll understand and be able to translate it better and even if you're not able to write it down that when you're listening to the conversation if you listen to the conversation you'll know how it's being used you'll know that it doesn't mean dining chair that it means walking the stairs i know that's really basic and fundamental, but there's languages where that happens. You have to listen to the content of the conversation. It's the same thing with the Bible. Don't take it out of context. I shared with you that young Satanist, and he made a mistake, and then his producers, and I kind of heard him off, off screen, but they were telling him to get back in front of it, but he stepped away and he showed the pentagram. Sign of the Church of Satan. And he was trying to say that he found scriptures that prove that God and Jesus are liars. One scripture, one verse, two lines only. And didn't use it in context. So he took it way out of context and then tried to prove it. So anyway, back to point. Point of hallelujah. And remember that those um, pharisaical tyrants and those who decided that that the name that God gave us permission to use, here's, a fun, here's the funny thing of where they try to seize God's authority. God told Moses when he first told Moses to come and tell the nation, he said, well, who should I tell sent me? He says, you tell them that I am sent you. That's all you need to tell them. I am because I am. I am that I am. I was, I am, and I will be. It covers it all. I am. That's all. And then God gave us permission. God, the sovereign Lord God Almighty, who sits in the throne of heaven, who created all things, gave us permission. That you and me, 
and them back in those days. He gave us permission to call him Yahweh. That was a permissive name that he said we could use. But then you have the pharisaical tyrants and those that were made authority to be in charge of the church. They said, oh, that's God's name. You can't call him that. You can only call him Hia or you call him Hua. You can't put the name together. You can only use the first symbolic or the first per, uh, syllable or the last syllable. And you can't use the in-between to put them together and say the whole word. You can't do that because it's too holy and you're going to die. And there's nothing we can do to save you. So don't use God's name. Don't use God's name. And they convinced the people that that was given authority to them to do that. But it wasn't. They lied. So the word hallelujah. Hallelujah is holy is God. Yeah. Jehovah. Yahweh. The first syllabic portion of his name that he gave us permission to use but that we are told not to use because we will be destroyed. If I call him Yahweh, Abba Yahweh, maker of all things made, I'm going to be in a little pile of dust and ash in here because it's too holy and I won't be able to talk to you anymore. So, wait a second. I've been calling him that. I pray to him that way. I call him Heavenly Father, maker of all things made. I always use that term, Abba Yahweh. Oh, I guess that makes them liars. And I'm still here. So, <laughs> I know I'm a mess. I can't help it. Come on, I'm, a, I'm an old guy. And I get feisty. Point being that this young man, Benjamin, what an interesting, that was the youngest child, Joseph's youngest brother, and he loved him dearly and tried to take care of him. And his brothers took that from him and it upset Joseph, but he didn't hold that against me, forgave them anyway. Okay. So Benjamin reminds us that the only way through it is God. Holy are you God. Hallelujah. And the only thing to do is just to give it to you. But we have to let it go in order to get that. And, and I shared with you before that I had to let go of some of the things and I was holding on. And I was holding on to these things, and so I was praying to God, but I was still holding on to them, so I was still worrisome. Pray to God and still worry. I wasn't letting go. So when we learn to let go of those things and get out of God's way and get out of our own way, relinquish our control to him where it needs to be. But here's the other, here's another thing I'm going to,
This is something that's really important. And this is by another group. I love this group as well. Um, why they call them this, I don't know, but it might be because of their church. I don't know. Some church location. 10th Avenue North? Maybe that's our church. I don't know. But they sing a song, um, and it's called Control. And they talk about, or they're singing about the intentions, all the obsessions that we have, and that we want to lay them down and let them go, but we won't take our hands off of them. We're not entitled to any of these things. It just isn't an automatic thing. But still, God calls us his child and loves us and wants to do. God doesn't need me, but yet he wants me and he calls me. And that should give us immense freedom, but for many it does not. What we have to learn to do is, as they sing about is taking our hands off of the things that we want to give and control. We got to take our hands off and get out of our own way. We got to take our hands off, open them up and give them control. And you notice that when you have things that happen that get shattered and dashed apart, That's because we were holding on too tight and we try to control and get response our way. But we need to open our hands up and give him control. Give him control. In our lives and, and uh, another young contemporary artist, uh, Toby Mack sings one, sings a song and I can't quite remember it, but it's about sitting in the back seat and let the spirit and God have to drive. Let them drive. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like they're hired to chauffeur you around, but they do that because they're getting you down the traffic streets and they're getting you where you need to be safe and sound. They're the pilot of the ship. That's the same thing. When you relinquish the rudder and control to and stop trying to be the captain and run everything because you can't and you don't do it well, give it over to the Holy Spirit. Allow it to take place and allow him to have the rudder. They will head you for that safe haven. But as we started to share this thing and, and what David was talking about and what I have shared with you off times and I'll share it with you again is that we have to learn to hear we have to listen with spiritual hearing hear the spirit of God in all things because God tells us it is in all things as you listen to the bird, this was in my early morning reading. I'll share with you. As we listen to the birds that sing and call out to each other, that beautiful song that they have, and there are some that are really amazing. There's a lot of people that complain, oh, 
grievously complain about the grackles. But you know what? I've come to love those birds. And they're really awesome. And they're really, really very smart. And they can mimic sounds that are incredible. I know that we used to have, when I was working over there, they had uh, they had an out, a route called the Molly Trolley. It circles around downtown and then goes back to the main station. That's all it does. It's around downtown. And um, it's subsidized by the big businesses and hotels down there. And when you pull up to the main station, you're supposed to push a little button and it sounds like the old trolley belts. It actually has a bell on there and this little button, it causes the hydraulics to pull on the cable and it clangs the bell. Like an old trolley, it sounds just like the old trolleys. And then there's another big hotel, they pay in a whole bunch, so you're supposed to sound that bell when you get there. And then there's another big hotel and you're supposed to sound the bell when you get there. Um, and people just know it's a very short run. It's a very circle and it costs, it's free. It doesn't cost anybody anything. But the point that I'm making is getting back to the grackles. They can imitate that clanging bell. They listen to, they sit up in the tree and they've heard it often enough. They can imitate the bell. They can imitate the sounds of the horns because sometimes we'll have the, the larger buses used to pull up to the curb. And there are some buses that will that that's where they board. We have some express buses that come up there. They don't go into the circle. They pull up the curbside and they'll tap the horn and honk. And the birds can imitate that sound. It's incredible. God did this. God talks to us continually through what we hear, the nature. And this is why, as I shared with you, it's for some reason, those that know better than everybody else decided that it was a Christmas song, but it's not a Christmas carol. It's a song declaring the majesty, might of the Lord God Almighty. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven nature sing. Rock hills and plains. Rock hills and plains. So anyway, you get the idea. I'm not a great singer. I'm I'm old, so my singing voice isn't what it used to be. But the verses repeat themselves and is talking about heaven and nature sing, repeat the sounding joy. Okay, I don't know about anybody else, but that sure sounds like an echo to me. And when I've been out in the mountains and you stand on one end of a canyon and you hear a noise all the way, this thing is miles away but it sounds like it's very close because the echo is bouncing back and forth off the canyon. So you can't really tell exactly how far away it is or where it is, exactly where it is. It's an echo. But brothers and sisters, this is what we need to do. We need to pay attention to what God is telling us. And what God tells us that we need to be, and he's trying to communicate with us, and our part of it is we need to be attentive to that. We need to lean in with spiritual hearing, spiritual eyesight. We need to look for these things and hear these things. And there's things happening in heaven and nature right now, and I've been watching them over the, over the past number of years. I believe I've shared some of these with you. But, you know, when you have, when you have this giant shark that actually regularly grows to sizes that 
they declare are records in other sharks and that these sharks are actually responsible for more human attacks than any other shark and that includes the great white shark but yet when you see this creature roll over as if it's a wants a tummy like your dogs will do when they completely open up and trust you they will roll over so that you can rub or scratch on their underbelly their most vulnerable parts of their body because they trust you and this tiger shark did this with this marine biologist and she actually searches for him when he's in the ocean area that she frequents she will find him and when she and she'll know that he's in the water this is the thing with our we have what's called a synapse that takes part in our bodies and it's like um it's similar to an electric light switch when you turn a light off and on so your nerves are sort of a crescent shape in there when they open and close touching the nerve endings when they take a signal from the tip of your finger and take it up to your brain and it's called a synapse and it's taking place through there and it causes your fingers to do things like right now I'm touching my forefinger to my thumb repeatedly and quickly and the signal is going to my brain. I can feel my forefinger touching my thumb. That's because of the synapse that takes place. It's an electric impulse, okay? So she knows that that man is in the water and she knows it's him because his electric impulse has been imprinted to her. And she comes and she looks for him. And when she finds him, she comes over and she rolls her soft underside upward so she can get a tummy rub. And so that's what she's doing. This is a signs and wonders in it because here is an aggressive man-eating shark that wants to be a friend. And when you go out and you have your spiritual eyesight open and your spiritual hearing that we're going to go out in the course of any of our days, any of our days, and we can find God all around us. And then what we do is we practice that thing. I love this. I love this book and I've shared with you. Then we start beginning to practice the presence of God. And then you will feel the effervescence and I don't care what these so-called smarter than me people say. That was a word and I remember seeing it when I was much younger. But they say it's there's no meaning. They, they excluded it from the dictionary. But when you practice the presence of God, you have the effervescence of the Holy Spirit that just bubbles up in you. It can't be helped. You practice that, it comes out. It just does. And remember this too, that everything, everything works together for good for them that love the Lord. We find that in Romans 8. So brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers. And I'm coming in every day. Be blessed.